Welcome to It's All About the Questions, where learning to ask the right questions can help you achieve lifelong success. Now, here to help you ask all the right questions is award-winning author, international speaker, and business strategist, Laura Stewart. Good morning, afternoon, and evening, everyone, and welcome to this week's show of It's All About the Questions. Always excited to be here with you. As you know, it's my favorite time of the week, although maybe you don't know. Maybe this is your first time listening to the show. I can't wait to hear what you think of it if it is your first time or your couple of hundredths time since we've got uh, quite a few shows under my belt now, and they're all available on podcast platform and up on the website, it's all about the So I'd love to hear what you think of the show. And my great guest that we're going to have today, who I met thanks to another guest and friend, Ursula Menges, who I was on her podcast. And I had offered anybody who is listening to me being interviewed a strategy session. And I got this reach out from the woman who is my guest on the show today. And we had this great chat and I read her book and I just fell in love with her. I I just absolutely (laughs) fell in love with her and had to have her on my show. So um, you've heard her giggle or laugh. Uh, I don't know if giggle is a good word, but I like the word giggle because it makes me giggle and laugh. And that's what it's all about is about joy in your life and whatever it may be. And to talk to us about that exact concept. Welcome Abby Lou Walker to the show. Abby, welcome. Well, thank you. Thank you so much. I'm excited to be here today. It's, it's exciting to have you on, and I love your book. I love the title. I love your book. It makes me smile. It makes me laugh. Strap on a pair. A middle-aged, <laughs> yeah. middle-management, middle-class mom's quest for something more. Yes. Um, yeah, it was, uh, you know, a lot of people give me, um, you know, kind of look at me sideways when I say the, the title of my book, but it just, it fits so perfectly (laughs) explains the journey that I went on from, you know, leaving, being a working mom of two and leaving corporate America to pursue this entrepreneurial journey. Um, And honestly, you know, it's a phrase I say quite often and something I had to do was just strap on a pair and and make it work. (laughs) That's the title of the book. I I love it. You know, you're the president and and CEO and founder of Vivian Liu, which Mm -hmm. sells insoles so that women can wear heels four times longer but i love this it's not about that product really your mission is to empower women to wear heels four times longer without pain so they can focus more on their dreams and less on their feet and i love that you've got a product a single product company multi-million dollar annual sales but it's about making a difference it just shows you can make money and make a difference. Exactly. So I, you know, I wore high heels for gosh, 15 years, still wear high heels almost every single day. And, um, when I stumbled across this product, which I'm sure we'll get into in a little bit, but, um, you know, I just fell in love with it because it's, um, women wear high heels for a variety of reasons. And, being in corporate America, I loved putting on high heels every day. And this product helped me wear my high heels longer without pain. Um, and I think the, the reason why women wear high heels is so they can feel empowered and, and chase that dream that they've always wanted to achieve. And I'm so honored to be able to help them, like I say, um, you know, focus more on their dreams and less on their feet. And as part of that, you know, we donate a, a portion of our sales 
um, from Vivian Liu to organizations that help disadvantaged women um, kind of get back on their feet. Um, so we support Dress for Success and the Women's Bean Project in Denver. I love how you've managed to, from the outside looking in, bridge seamlessly all of these different pieces. But I know as an entrepreneur myself and having coached many other entrepreneurs that that's not really the way it works. You, you, you said it so nonchalantly, oh, we support these different charities, we do this philanthropy, we do these different things. But it really didn't happen quite that way, did it? <laughs> not at all. <laughs> not at all. So, and one of the, really the core mission behind my book, which, um, you know, we've talked about it a, a bit, but it's, it really details the good, the bad, and the ugly, the very ugly of pursuing my entrepreneurial dream. And um, part of that was, you know, finding out who I was and going on a personal journey as well. But, um, yeah, you know, oftentimes when you look at entrepreneurs or you look at successful businesswomen, you see their highlight reel. You're like, oh, man, you know, they, it seems like it was so um, flawless or everything just seemed to work in unison to help them get where they, where they are today. And I really wanted to shine a light on how messy journeys can be and how difficult they can be, not only from a business standpoint, from, but from a personal standpoint too. Um, but that if you just, you know, put one foot in front of the other every single day um, and are consistent in kind of pursuing your dream, that things can work out for you. Um, so that's really kind of the, the purpose behind writing the book was just to really shine a light on, <laughs> on, um, you know, it, it doesn't, it's not all uh, polished and it doesn't have to be. And uh, you can end up where you want to be and still have stumbles and you know, make mistakes and um, trip. And as, as long as you dust yourself off, you can, you can achieve that dream. In the beginning of the book, you quoted a, a number of uh, passages from Women Who Run With Wolves. That wasn't what stuck out to me. This line really stuck out for me. It was this. You wrote this book for the woman who is dying of the good life. Can, yes. can you elaborate on that a little bit? Because I think it's such the core of of who you are and what you want for women. But it's a concept that I know a lot of my listeners, whether they're women or men, are struggling with. They're feeling something, but they're like, I've got a good life. Yes. Let's not rock so, the boat. Right. So, and it's funny, I, I just want to take a little side um, a comment that you made. So, um, you know, the subtitle of my book is is Middle Class Moms, you know, Quest for Something More. And, and my dad actually was like, why are you going to single this out just for, for women and moms? He's like, this is, I've lived this life my entire life. Like so many men can resonate with this story as well. So, um, so yeah, but it, so I, I don't think this journey alone is just for women. It just happened to be who I identified with and who I want to help the most because I lived that life. And the good life to me was I lived, and I say this in the book, um, I had a good job 
in a good neighborhood. I had two good kids. I married a good man. I made good money working a good job in the good state of Colorado. But it was all good. And I felt like I had lost myself. Um, so, you know, on the surface, and honestly, 90% of my life was good, but I, I had lost myself. I didn't know who I was. I was just getting up and going through the motions every single day. And there was something inside of me that said, this is not the path for you. You, you deserve something better or you owe it to yourself to pursue whatever it is you want. Um, and I almost felt handcuffed by my life because Anyone who would look at it from the outside would say, you have an amazing life. Like, you have a, a storybook life. Why would you want to go after something else? Why would, like you said, why would you want to rock the boat? And it's because I, I know this sounds really harsh, but I was dying inside. I had lost who I was. I didn't have any passion anymore for any area of my life. And I needed to rediscover me. Um, and it was just a burning desire in my gut that I could not ignore anymore. And so that's really what started me on this journey. And I know that there are so many women and men out there who feel that way. And my mission for this book is really to um, uh, give them permission to not squash that burning desire anymore. And you don't have to, you do not have to jeopardize your good life in order to pursue your something more. Um, you can take one step every day. Just Google something and find out more. Pick up the phone and ask one question. It doesn't have to be earth shattering um, or rocking the boat, but just take one step every day and that will help determine one, exactly what you wanna do, and two, kind of um, introduce more passion <laughs> in your life and help you discover who you really want to be and who you're meant to be. And we're going to go into our first commercial break with that whole idea of taking one step. And it doesn't have to be in high heels. It can be in flats. It can be in sneakers like I happen to be wearing today. <laughs> um, but we're going to talk more with, with Abby Lou Walker, CEO of Vivian Lou Inc. right after this first commercial break. Success comes from not only what you know, but also who you know. Welcome back to It's All About the Questions with award-winning author, Laura Stewart. I was sitting here during the commercial break because it's hard to talk with you aside um, on the phone when the commercials are, are in the ear. And all I kept hearing in my head was what I swear is your theme song. I'd love to hear it. <laughs> okay, I'm, I'm not a really good singer. I wish Red Palmer was here right now. But it's from Santa Claus is Coming to Town. And it's the the song, Put One Foot in Front of Another. You know, put one foot in front of another. Yes! And soon you'll be walking out the door. And, you know, I Googled the lyrics. And it is so perfectly you and your story that you talk about in Strap on a Pair. Because it's if you want to change your direction... If your time of life is at hand, well, don't be the rule, be the exception. A good way to start is to stand. Oh, wow. I love that. Isn't it great? And then if I oh want to... I just got chills. Yeah, me too. If I want to change the reflection I see in the mirror each morn, oh, you do, you mean that it's just my election, just that, to vote for a chance to be reborn. Your story 
what resonates so much for me and a lot of other people is the fact that you made that election. You made that choice. And in your case, you put one foot in front of the other in high heels. Exactly. But it was a journey. So let's talk about that. Sure. Go ahead. Um, Yeah. So my journey started, um, and this is, this just goes to, you just put one foot in front of the other. You don't need to make earth shatter changes. My journey started actually, um, because like I said, I was, I was, I had lost myself and was looking to re-identify who I was, and I had always loved high heels. And so one day in 2012, I announced to my husband that I was going to be starting a shoe blog, and I wanted to write about high heels, I wanted to write about products for high heels, just as a way to find myself again. And, um, you know, he was totally supportive of it, um, and it was just a creative outlet for me. So every Saturday, I would take an hour, and I would write about shoes. And for some reason, that kind of calmed the storm inside, at least for a while. Um, And I would write about, you know, my favorite brands, latest trends, all of these sorts of things. Um, And uh, I had a whole whopping 36 followers. So I didn't go into this blog looking to monetize it or looking to start a business or looking to gain a following. It was simply a creative outlet. And from there, um, in 2014... I was doing um, some research for a blog post, and I had stumbled across um, a, uh, a forum where two women were talking about uh, this this insole called Insane. I had literally, it, the question just popped into my head, why have I never heard of this product? Um, I wore high heels every day. I wrote about shoe products through my shoe blog, and uh, there was something inside of me. This is so unlike me, but I, I literally picked up the phone and called the chairman of the company and asked him one question, which was, why have I never heard of your product? And because I asked that one simple question, this snowball effect happened that, um, you know, ultimately <laughs> allowed me to, to live out my dream, which is being the CEO of Vivian Liu. But um, his answer to that question was simply, we're a bunch of MIT engineers who don't know how to market this product to women. And from there, you know, I offered to take, to help him market this product because I believed in it so much. I mean, he had sent me samples and um, I wore them in, in Las Vegas, which is one of the worst cities to wear high heels in. Yes. <laughs> um, but I, uh, I tested them out in Las Vegas and um, I fell in love with them. And I um, came back and offered him, look, I'll help you market this product. And I'll take a cut of incremental sales. And he came back and said, look, we're really looking to exit the direct-to-consumer market. But if you would like to become our exclusive distributor in the United States and Canada, we'll give you that opportunity. And so here I was, a working mom of two with a full-time job. We had just moved um, to Minnesota and were (laughs) moving into a new house. And I said, yes, (laughs) it was just an opportunity that I could not pass up. And so I jumped at the tremendous opportunity and uh, ran with it. But um, yeah, it was, it was not uh, an easy path to get the the company off the ground, but man, has it been fun. (laughs) It's interesting that you asked this question to Mm-hmm. the the founder the CEO of the company why have I never heard of your product that it sounds like such a simple question yet such a loaded question that the response you could have gotten back from that could have been devastating 
He could have mm-hmm. just been completely defensive, could have just been angry at the whole mm-hmm. thing. Instead, he responded versus reacting. Yeah, I mean, it was it was almost, and I know this sounds kind of silly, but it was almost as if we were saving each other. He had worked on this product in in with his um, partner, uh, who was a podiatrist, um, and they had been trying to get the product off the ground for ten years, and they knew they had a, a, such a superior product to everything else on the market, and had struggled to get it in front of women. And again, their mission was simply to empower women to wear high heels without pain. And so, you know, he was so kind of disheartened when we first spoke and I was so elated to, to find a product, one that worked and two, to be even have, um, at that time when we had first spoke, you know, I was just hoping to help him market the product. Um, I had no idea where it would lead, but it was almost as if we were saving each other. I, I needed an outlet and had found a product that I so believed in and, for some reason, every ounce of my body was saying this, you know, you, you should go after this. And he was looking for someone to help him market this phenomenal product that he had developed 10 years earlier. And so I think it was almost as if we came together at the right time with different needs, but it just, it worked out tremendously. So, um, I'm just so incredibly grateful for for Brian and his response and him giving me this tremendous opportunity. And yet that wasn't anything more than a glimmer, a start of yes. what would happen. Correct. Yes. So he, um, you know, after we had, had spoke, he, we worked out a, an arrangement where um, I would be the exclusive distributor of this product. He would retain all of the patent rights and, and um, the manufacturing relationships and all of that. Um, I would just be, honestly, the front end of the company. I would be able to market it under my own brand. I would be able to sell it and distribute it through my distribution channels. Um, and so when I said yes to this opportunity, I honestly was, like I said, just a corporate America woman with two children and a husband, and I had no idea (laughs) where to start. I mean, it was an opportunity that I couldn't pass up. Something in my gut was saying, "This is you need to go after this. Um, And so I spent, that was in 2014, and I spent the summer of 2014 Googling, literally Googling. And people often ask me, what is the, the biggest... Um, business tool that you use, and <laughs> my answer is always Google. Like as a as a newbie, as an entrepreneur who really had no clue where to start, all I did was research, and I just Googled what I needed to know. I didn't know anything about contract manufacturing. Googled it. I didn't know anything about warehousing and how that um, arrangement would be set up. I Googled it. I didn't know anything about naming conventions, Google it, how to write a PO, Google it. You know, there's a whole list of all of these things that I had never done before, but I was so excited and so enthusiastic. It's almost as if I was given a new lease on life because this was, this was so much fun and I wasn't making money. Um, And at the beginning, it didn't matter. This was just another, the next step in my creative outlet um, and a way to find myself, but, um, it was just, it, it was so much fun. And, you know, like I said, I wasn't making much money and at first that was okay. Um, but a couple months in, um, 
you know, I was calling Vivian Lou my hobby business um, because I worked on it at nights and on the weekends. Um, but I quickly realized that I was standing in my own way, um, that I, there was something inside of me that was telling me I wasn't worthy of this opportunity. I didn't deserve success in this opportunity. And who was I, this woman who really didn't have an entrepreneurial bone in her body get being given this opportunity. So when I first started out, I was so excited and so enthusiastic. Um, but then I started to question myself. And I think that's a common theme for entrepreneurs and particularly those who are stepping outside of their comfort comfort zone. Um, but I took it upon myself because I knew I had this tremendous opportunity to, to identify those internal demons Ooh, and, and we're going um, to tackle gonna, them. We're going to talk about those internal demons and, and how you moved past them when we come back from the national news. We are here with Abby Walker, founder of Vivian Lou Insoles. If you wear high heels, you must buy them. And her new book, Strap on a Pair. We'll be right back with more from uh, It's All About the Questions because you know what? We've got a lot more really great questions coming your way. We'll be right back. Welcome to It's All About the Questions, where learning to ask the right questions can help you achieve lifelong success. Now, here to help you ask all the right questions is award-winning author, international speaker, and business strategist, Laura Stewart. Welcome back, everyone, or welcome if you're just joining us live on the air on iHeartRadio. If you're in the car, please drive carefully. And if you're sitting here listening to the podcast after the show has been live, uh, welcome, welcome, welcome. Wherever you are in the world, 60 countries listen to uh, people in 60 countries listen to my show on either Spotify, iTunes, Stitcher, my website, or many other different venues on and the iHeartRadio app. So thank you all for listening to me and sharing with me. I love getting emails from you. So Laura at laurasteward.com is the best way to reach me. We're here with Abby Lou Walker, president and CEO of Vivian Lou, and author of an awesome book I highly recommend any entrepreneur get or want to be entrepreneur or somebody who's just thinking, I don't know what's next. It's called Strap on a Pair, a middle-aged, middle-management, middle-class mom's quest for something more. I promise you this book is for every single person on the planet today. Recommend that you get it. So, Abby, you were talking before the national news break about this whole brain thing that was going on for you you know your business was starting to to take off um it went from 36 followers on a blog to having a product but yet you felt you weren't worthy and didn't deserve what was happening and i mean you were starting to get buzz from hsn and oprah's uh favorite things and adam glassman the stylist for oprah yet you felt you weren't worthy it's a common theme but how did you move yes. past that, or haven't you moved past it? So, well, great question. So, um, I I knew early on that I was um, holding myself back, and so I was desperate to figure out why I was and how I could get over that. And um, so, it was at a. I found out about a free. Um, event happening in Minneapolis, which is where we lived at the time. And I um, was introduced to, you had mentioned her earlier, but an amazing sales coach. And uh, I like to call her a money mindset coach, Ursula Menchez. And um, she 
helped me tremendously overcome my fear around money and looking at money. And then I also reached out to a woman who was a um, customer of mine in my full-time job. And I I felt pulled to call her for some reason. And I, um, it was a risky phone call in that I was admitting to her that I had um, this side hobby that I was starting to build my own company outside of my full-time job, even though she was a customer of mine in my full-time job. And her response um, was amazing. I mean, she she had mentioned that she was starting her own um, side business and that she recommended I talk to two people, um, one of which was an EFT practitioner, um, which is emotional freedom technique, uh, the tapping where you tap on the, the meridians, your energy meridians. And so... Um, I've actually you know, had while, a couple of people on the show and we've done live tapping on the air. <laughs> oh, that's awesome. Yes, yes, yes. Well, I, you know, at the time, I'm going to say, you know, I was a little bit freaked out by the notion of tapping right. and thought it was a little bit woo-woo, but I was willing to give anything a try. And so, honestly, between... Um, Greg Oldenburg, who is my EFT practitioner, and Ursula Menchez, the two of them completely um, helped me identify and bust through my um, self-limiting beliefs. And, and honestly, um, you know, self-limiting beliefs is, is, a, is a commonly used term, but I, I consider them my demons. Like, they were so holding me back from being who I knew I wanted to be, um, that I just, I needed to tackle them head on. And thanks to those two folks, um, I am where I am today. Um, And while there was a lot of, a lot of heavy lifting in the front to identify and bust through those, those blocks, um, I still have them. So, um, you know, I would, last year we had, you know, sales were tremendous for Vivian Liu. um, But I still deal with feeling worthy and setting limits on myself that are self-imposed um, that don't need to be there. And so it's a constant um, constant effort on my part to identify and um, address those things that make me feel not worthy of running a company or um, making money or um, being offered other opportunities to grow the business. Uh, you know, it's, it's just, it's constant work. And much like you have to keep up on the business and continue to test and um, expand your horizons when, when it comes to the business, I feel like you, um, I, at least I need to do that on a personal level too, um, to keep up with my business or to keep up with my dreams. Well, what are some of the questions that you've learned to ask yourself to help you gain awareness of when you're in that I'm not worthy moment and perhaps blocking yourself? Sure. So a lot of the, a lot of the questions are why. And so, um, you know, why haven't I executed on this yet? Oh, there must be something holding me back or there must be some resistance internally that I haven't capitalized on this next opportunity or on this next project. And so I have a call with Greg, um, my EFT practitioner, uh, weekly, if not more frequently, when I'm going through, um, you know, heavy resistance as it relates to um, business opportunities. I am one that I trust my gut extensively. And so if I get an automatic no, 
then that's a no. And I don't need to, you know, that's just, nope, we're not going in that direction. But if there is something inside of me that says, yes, this is this, you got it, you have to pursue this, but I'm resisting it in terms of allocating time to it, or I'm resisting it in terms of um, taking that next step or setting up that next meeting with someone, then that's when I take it to Greg and I'm like, man, I know inside and internally this is, this is worth pursuing. Whether or not it succeeds or fails, it's definitely worth pursuing, but I'm having resistance to it. And so we'll just focus a session on why, why might you have, be having resistance, identify the block, and move forward from there. Um, so a lot of it is, is why am I resisting this? Why am I not taking the next step um, is, is one of the questions I ask. And another one that I, that I love asking myself is, does this make you nervous? Does it give you butterflies? Does it make your palms sweat? Because if so, that's a good thing. <laughs> um, because I think, uh, at least in my experience, when you operate outside of your comfort zone, that's when magic happens. That's when you take these quantum leaps to the next level in your business or the next um, opportunity presents itself. And so if, if there is something that um, just makes me really nervous, I always go for it because I know whether or not, again, it succeeds, there's something behind the door that's worth pursuing. Now, you're also known for being very authentically you. In, yes. <laughs> in, in all ways. I, I love the story in the book on your first HSN appearance. Yes. And yes. What you said to the host at, at the end of the segment when he said you sold out. Yes. I just, I, I couldn't help myself. I, I need to hear you say it, and I know you know sure. what it is. I, I just need yes. to hear you say the words. Obviously, you can't do the curse words, but the other stuff. Right. So, um, I in corporate America, I was the woman who was nervous to speak in a meeting more than of more than three people. So, when I was offered the opportunity to go on live national television and sell my insoles um, to millions of people. It was an out-of-body experience. And so ramping up to that took a lot of effort, and I stumbled my way through it. But when um, Adam, who is the, the host of the Monday Night Show, um, had announced that I had sold out, and this was my first live national television um, uh, opportunity, I couldn't help it. It just came out. I, I, I looked at him, and I said, shut up. <laughs> <laughs> And immediately it was like, I just told the host on HSN to shut up on live national television. Like, who am I? (laughs) It was just a gut reaction. I could not, could not help it. But it became a trademark in some ways. It did. did. Now, every time I'm on and and on air with him, he he makes me say it. (laughs) (laughs) So, yeah, shut up has become my, um, my, my phrase. And and you meant it in such a way of oh my god there's no way I believe that there it can't happen and everybody got that and it was so real it's it's who you are that's what I'd love my listeners to get one of the reasons I fell in love with Abby when I spoke to her on the phone was because she's so real she bears her soul she's willing to say uh, here I am, I, I kind of want to joke and say warts and all, but really more calluses and bunions and all, right? Because we're all about yeah. high-heeled shoes before you get insolia sho- um, pads in, into your shoes. If 
to my listeners out there who are afraid to be themselves, Abby, what would you say to them? Um, it is, and, and I can completely identify with not wanting to be yourself. It took me a long time to step out from behind my business and kind of announce that, you know, here I am, <laughs> flaws and all. But I think as soon as you take that pressure off and you can admit you have failures, you can admit you don't know what you're doing, um, people are a lot more willing to help you and support you when you present you and you are your authentic self. Um, And to be quite honest, there was, um, I've never been polished. I've never been, um, you know, flawless. It's, I've, I wear my, my heart on my sleeve and that just is, is who I am. Um, and it's, I think it's, I, I, I think it's most beneficial in business, particularly when you're first starting out to be your true authentic self because people can relate and identify with you and are more willing to support you and assist you where, where you need help. Yet, I, I feel like there's a yet in there as opposed to a but. Is there a line when you um, have to put something else out there? I don't know. That's a very, that's a really great question. Um, you know, and, and part of me says, um, yes. Uh, so for instance, I was my true authentic self in my book because that was just, that was a true representation of me swear words and all. <laughs> so, all right, and, and you're going to um, have to hold that thought because unfortunately I asked you a question just before commercial break. We'll no, be right back. Hang no on, worries. Abby. We'll be right back. Success comes from not only what you know, but also who you know. Welcome back to It's All About the Questions with award-winning author Laura Stewart. Okay, Abby, you were talking about my question about is there yet a time go ahead yes not not to be your true authentic self (laughs) well like I said um you know in the book um I it's just my story so I use swear words and all but I wouldn't necessarily recommend that um in the business setting now that said I write my own emails um every Sunday to my audience so um I mean, I do think it's important to kind of infuse yourself and be your, show your true personality when you're um, selling, you know, a service and or a product. Um, But that's just my take on it. But yes, I I do think there is a line in terms of your true authentic self. Yeah, and I I think... Be as authentic as possible. I think there's moments where it's good to let your insecurities show and moments where you have to go okay, strap on the pair and put on the shoe and take those steps and just go ahead. (laughs) Yes, and to kind of own it. Yeah. (laughs) And do it. Yeah, Mm -hmm. own the moment, insecurities and all, don't worry about it, just tamping them down, say, hey, we're just going to, we're just going (laughs) to strap on a pair. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Absolutely, absolutely. Now, one of the things that you talk about in the book is something I know a lot of my listeners struggle with. The This whole, which is funny because they all want to make this money. That mm-hmm. they're, they want to make money, yet they have trouble asking 
for money. And I know pricing mm-hmm. was a huge issue for you. Can you share with my listeners some of the questions you, you were asked and you asked yourself to help you unlock this fear of money and asking for it? Sure. So when I um, launched the company, I took the lead from um, the gentleman at Insolia in terms of how to price it. Now, I knew in my gut, um, again, going back to my gut, that it wasn't priced appropriately. We were priced in the marketplace to compete against Dr. Scholl's, and our insoles are so far superior to a Dr. Scholl's product that I knew it was just, it wasn't accurate and it wasn't right. But again, I went back to my insecurities and said, who am I to question? You know, I've never run a company before. I've never sold a product before. I'm going to take their lead. Enter Ursula Menchez, who I met at this free sales um, event, and she challenged me to double my price. And for some reason, I had so much trust in her. I had just met her, yet there was something about her that just took over my insecurities. And I was like, you know what? I will double my price. (laughs) So I doubled my price. And ironically, um, I didn't receive much flack from my, um, from my customers. I mean, it was almost as if they were supportive of me doubling my price. And then fast forward about a year, and I still knew we weren't performing in the marketplace because there was nothing unique um, in terms of how I, and I took this all upon myself, how I marketed the product. The pricing was still, although we had doubled the price, was still in line with the Dr. Scholl's. The packaging was so bland, I knew I needed to, as I mentioned in the book, disrupt the marketplace. And the best way to do that, in my mind, was to rebrand the Vivian Liu and Solia insole. And so I developed some new packaging, and I um, re-priced the product. Um, And I wanted to price it at a price point where people would take notice and question why I would price an insole that way. And that would then give me the opportunity to educate them on why our insole is so superior to others in the marketplace. Um, Some of the questions that I had asked myself was early on as it related to pricing was who, again, who am I to ask this of customers? Who am I to um, charge or double my price? Um, You know, and it all came back to me and, and my insecurities around money, not, um, not the marketplaces. And so one of the questions that um, I asked myself was, uh, why am I projecting my insecurities around money onto other people? That's not fair to them. It's not fair to the business. It's not fair to the product. And the way Ursula reframed it for me at first was she said, I know you're, you are so uncomfortable with money. Why don't you look at it as, you are now receiving this money so then you could give it back to the charities that you support. So I kind of took myself out of the equation. Now she worked on me because her ultimate goal is to have every business owner feel worthy and receive money themselves. Um, but that was kind of a sh- to shortcut the system at first um, so that I would be comfortable receiving money. Um, and going back to money, a lot of that was rooted in some of my childhood memories. So, um, I, you know, I'll, I'll 
leave it to the book to tell the full story. But I had um, some insecurities around money, and um, I didn't want to have a lot of, I had resistance around making a lot of money personally um, because of the way I viewed money in my childhood. And so thanks to Greg and my work with Greg, I reframed my view of money. Um, and money is, is a good thing and I don't have to use money, um, you know, the way that, uh, that money uh, appeared in my childhood and all of those sorts of things. So, And we're going to um, let was, everybody totally read that in your book, Strap on a Pair. Yes, <laughs> yes. Exactly. We're getting close to the end of the show. Just have a couple of minutes left. And I've had several other people reach out. By the way, I've gotten emails from Ursula Menges and BJ Dolan, who you mentioned in the book, and they're all saying, hey, you're doing great. So (laughs) they're listening to to (laughs) everything that's going on. (laughs) And I want to give a shout out to both of them. How do people find out about the Insole Insoles? Where can they buy them? Where can they get your book? Sure. So the insoles are available at VivianLou.com, V-I-V-I-A-N-L-O-U.com. Um, and you can find the book, Strap on a Pair, at Amazon. We have a Kindle version, a paperback version, as well as an Audible version available. Perfect. So once again, the website to find out about the insoles? VivianLou.com, okay. V-I-V-I-A-N-L-O-U. And how do they reach out to you if they had a question or wanted to reach out about this interview? Sure. Thing? Feel free. Absolutely. Feel free to reach out to me at my personal email at abby, A-B-B-Y, at vivianlu.com. I love I'd that. be happy to answer any questions. Yeah. Cool. A-B-B-Y at vivianlu.com. Last thought? Um, I just encourage anyone who has a burning desire to find there's something more to take that first step. Oh, I like that. To if you have that burning desire, take that first step. It can be a baby step, Whatever right? That, it could be googling something. <laughs> it does not need to be does not need to be big. Just take that first step, and the, as soon as you keep taking more steps, um, the easier and the faster they will come. Do you remember what the first thing you googled was to launch your business? Um, well, the first thing was, what is this Insolia insole? <laughs> I had to Google that. <laughs> and then, um, man, that's a good question. I don't, I don't remember what the first thing was. Probably how to set up um, what it means to be an exclusive distributor. I mean, honestly, I, I had no idea what that arrangement looked like, so that's probably the first thing I Googled. I love that. Google is such a great thing. They're, they're on my hit list for sponsors for the show because I, Excellent. It's, it's all about the questions and Google is. is the best question source out there. So thank you so much for being on my, my show today. Thank you so much for having me. It was everything I hoped it would be and more. So thank you and enjoy your theme song because <laughs> I can't I get it out of thank my you head. For finding it. <laughs> oh my God. <laughs> thank you for finding it for me. It's such an earworm now. Everyone have a great day and remember the right questions truly can change your life. So what are you asking today? Hug someone you love. You've been listening to It's All About the Questions starring Laura Stewart. Connect with Laura at itsallaboutthequestions.com and download a free workbook that will help you ask better questions starting today. 